Our research shows that as women's experience increases over time, so does their confidence. But at the beginning of a woman's career, there is a significant gap in confidence between men and women that may be causing women to miss out or wait too long to take advantage of opportunities they are really ready for. Today, we are discussing how to help others perceive you as a more confident leader. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Korn, and with me today is my friend and leadership legend, Jack Zanger. All right, this podcast is not just for women, but for every leader who is striving to be more confident, which probably includes all of us. We do have some unique data to share on women, but first, I would like to highlight a female hero of mine who defied the conventional roles of her day and taught us all a great lesson in how far confidence can take you. In December of 1920, Amelia Earhart paid to go on her first plane ride. The experience lasted only 10 minutes, but it changed the direction of her life. Amelia was determined to be a pilot. It didn't matter to her that there were only a few women in the field of aviation. Through hard work and challenging conditions, she developed her skills. While other female pilots feared the long journey across the transatlantic, Amelia's gusty determination led her to be the first woman to fly it solo. The confidence she possessed was one of her greatest strengths and led her to set many records. Amelia Earhart, was not the only highly competent female pilot during that time in history. Although she was skilled, I don't believe that's what caused her to be so successful. Rather, it was her confidence, her willingness to go after the impossible, and her belief that she could do it. At Zenger Fogman, we found that confidence proves to be equally as valuable as competence because it leads to action, attention, and resilience all traits exemplified during Amelia's transatlantic flight. Amelia Earhart's accomplishments were especially noteworthy at the time because of her achievements in what had been a male domain. Aviators were nearly all men, but she didn't let that fact diminish her confidence. So Jack, tell me some of your thoughts about gender differences and the confidence gaps that you have studied. Gender differences in confidence are quite dramatic. A study done at Cornell University found that men overestimate their abilities and performance, while women underestimate both. In fact, their actual performance, to the greatest extent, does not differ in quality or quantity. The female confidence challenge was also described as the imposter syndrome by Pauline Klontz and Suzanne Imes. Women frequently express that they don't feel they deserve their job and are imposters who could be discovered at any moment. They found that women worry more about being disliked, appearing unattractive, outshining others, or grabbing too much attention. Men are not exempt from doubting themselves, but they don't let their doubts stop them as often as women do. Mm. A Hewlett-Packard internal report found that men apply for a job or promotion when they meet 
only 60% of the qualifications, but women apply only if they meet 100% of them. I found that so fascinating. Yeah, isn't that interesting? What doomed them was not their actual ability, but rather the decision not to try. Our research at Zanger Folkman shows that as women's experience increases over time, so does their confidence. We found at the beginning of their careers in their 20s, women's self-confidence was in the 32nd percentile and men ranked in the 49th percentile. Now, once women reach their 40s, their confidence level compared with men evens out and both men and women scored in the 53rd percentile. But later on in women's careers, their confidence actually rises above men with their scores in the 61st percentile and men in the 57th percentile. But consider the many opportunities that are lost in those early years because of a fear or lack of confidence, just like that statistic of not going after a job until you're 100% there. So today we want to offer some thoughts about building self-confidence that Jack wrote about in an article a little while ago. And he looked at what the most confident leaders did to make others around them perceive them as more confident. Yes, you know, there are a number of things that you can do that appear to be related to higher levels of confidence and self-esteem. The first is just a general mindset. It has been said that self-confidence is what you think about yourself and self-esteem is what you think others think of you. To build your self-confidence, we suggest focus on your strengths the strengths that you possess and your achievements rather than what you don't do well. Guard very carefully against negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Secondly, radiate optimism and general happiness. These bring life and vitality into your conversations and your outward behavior changes your inner feelings. Third, people are attracted to those who are perceived as warm, and they basically shy away from those who are perceived as cold. Mm. The self-confident person is usually described as being warm. Very true. Um, The second thing that you talked about in your article was about dress and grooming. You noted that these are immediate and tangible signs to others about how you feel about yourself. Bottom line, people feel more confident when they know they look nice. So I just want to say, working from home, this can be a little hard because it's busy with kids and housework and work work and and it's hard to make that time. But for me personally, when I prioritize myself and my appearance, I feel better And it sure makes those last minute Zoom meetings a little less awkward. (laughs) Surprise, here I am. (laughs) The third item we've talked about is uh, an an interesting one. It's, It's your posture. Your posture has a strong impact on what you're feeling inside. Standing tall. Research has shown that when someone stands tall in a position of strength, their inner feelings begin to change. When they make and maintain eye contact with other people, this conveys an interest in others and a confidence in yourself. And smile. 
you know, facial expressions communicate very important messages and they need to be consistent with the words that are being said. But some estimate that at least 80% of communication comes non-verbally and your facial expression conveys a great deal of information. That's true. Some of us tell too much on our faces, though. <laughs> I feel like people always know everything I'm feeling, and I wish I had a better poker face. <laughs> but a great point there. Um, the other thing that you talked about was about overall mannerisms. How you behave will transmit a feeling of confidence to others. Confident people engage with others. They laugh with others and cause them to laugh. This doesn't necessarily come from telling jokes, but usually comes from pleasant banter and talking and regarding topics of mutual interest. They speak up in meetings. They don't sit quietly through discussions, but are an active participant. Confident people interact with many people when put into large gatherings rather than confining themselves to long conversations with two or three people for an entire evening. They initiate contact with others. Not waiting for others to come to them, confident people extend themselves to a much larger number of people than their less confident counterparts. Yes. And the fifth broad topic is just speech. You know, what you say and how you say it transmits a great deal about your level of confidence. It also shapes how you feel about yourself. Generally, confident people project their voice and that makes them easily heard and understood. They vary the pitch and tone of their voice. They, they make their conversations more interesting by avoiding monotones and injecting variety. You know, they pause for emphasis. They're not afraid of moments of silence. They don't feel every pause because that further conveys their feelings of own, their own self-worth and confidence. Sometimes these pauses are used to gather time to think, to take a deep breath, or kind of to refocus the whole discussion. I'm always so impressed by people who can do that because I'm <laughs> such a chatterbox. I'm like, oh, I hate awkward silence. They use a rich vocabulary that enables them to be more vivid and more precise. They continue to develop a strong vocabulary, not to impress people, but to help their ideas, you know, come to life. Colorful, visceral words make their communications more memorable. They avoid non-words such as er, um, and filler <laughs> phrases like, you know. Like, 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 like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, I think many, many people out there um, might be feeling like, you know, none of these things that we're talking about right now come naturally to me. Or I don't want to come off weird or like a phony. I'm, this is just who I am. But I think the point of a lot of these suggestions about confidence is that when you engage with others, your body language and your mannerisms give signals to them about your level of confidence. If you want to grow your confidence, you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, many years ago, a good friend of mine was in the musical Oliver with uh, the famous Christopher Lloyd, the actor who played the eccentric doc in the Back to the Future films. 
When I asked what Christopher Lloyd was like in real life, he told me that he was a complete soft-spoken introvert. I was so surprised because the roles he's played on screen are so big and larger than life. But you know, sometimes in life, you have to play a part until it becomes natural to you. And some of these mannerisms can become natural with practice. Others are just ones that you will have to suffer through, like working the room rather than just talking to a few close friends. Does anyone really like doing that? You know, Brie, there's an old Swedish proverb that says, with the eating comes the appetite. When you force yourself to do it, you get increasingly comfortable with it. And what you find is that it's the behavior that changes your inner attitude, not the opposite. It's hard to change your attitude. It's much easier to change your behavior. Hmm. The next thing we talk about in our research is just generally communication practices. Confident individuals use communication practices that convey certainty with others, while also making them kind of feel more confident within themselves. For example, they frequently ask questions of other people, showing an intense interest in what other people are saying and in what they're doing. They use metaphors and examples and stories liberally and their communication then comes alive with illustrations that make the abstract more concrete and they make, and makes theoretical ideas easily understood. They're much more inclined to use humor to make important points. And confident people are, are often masters of self-deprecating humor. People of stature and accomplishment are the ones most willing to poke fun at themselves. That's interesting and so true. You see it all the time. Finally, they express their ideas respectfully, never with unnecessary confrontation. If their ideas differ from others, this is more likely to be expressed as, uh, you know, I see this a little differently or help me to understand your reasons for thinking, you know, X. So it's just a, a different style in communication. Amelia Earhart, she had the guts and the gumption to take every opportunity, even when she was unsure if she was competent enough to do it. That's what I really loved about her story. No one knows everything. And most people, male and female, have moments of feeling like they are imposters, trying to prove their competence and worth. Yeah, you know, the really good news is that for both women and men, confidence seems to keep increasing over time. As you get older, you become more confident. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corn and Jack Zanger and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at sangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a review. We enjoy having those reviews because they help other people find our podcast. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on sangerfolkman.com.